Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Island Spot Sports. And before we get to our guest today, we have a big shout out for Living Sisu. Living Sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport. Their main objective is to activate your lifestyle. So for active, it's for active people. Enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off, BodyLogics, the Goalie Guild, all his books are discounted. Roan, Lululemon for men, 20% off. Online stretching programs with Eccentrics, one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun. And it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm a part of it. A bunch of other athletes are a part of it. So it's free to join. It takes 20 seconds to have to get exclusive offers to your sport. And it's definitely worth worth it. So do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living Sisu's membership. It's free, 20, takes 20 seconds. So go do it and we'll see you there. Living Sisu is a great company. We uh, we know one of the co-founders, Zach Fricali. He's a great guy. He uh, He's the co-founder and he does a lot of live streams on Instagram at, uh, at Living Sisu. And with a bunch of elite athletes and you learn a lot from like the athletes determination the resiliency everything to what me made them become successful so it's been a great experience so far so go on i'm gonna leave uh the link in the description so uh go sign up yo welcome back to another episode of on the spot sports i'm jack and in today's episode we're joined by a very special guest professional hockey player and host of the sheriff podcast sean the sheriff mcmorrow sean also known as the sheriff was drafted by the buffalo sabers in the 2000 nhl draft in the eighth round 258th overall and played in the sabers organization for four years prior to playing in the l in the lnah the elite ice hockey league and the western ontario super hockey league so uh, prior to turning pro the sheriff spent time in the OPJHL with the Pickering Panthers before playing three years in the Ontario Hockey League. So this is it's gonna be an unreal episode, Sean. So welcome to the show, Sean, the Sheriff McMorrow. Thank you very much, brother. I I really really appreciate it. And that was an incredible intro. And and I, I got to tell you one thing, man. I I appreciate some intros more than others. And and your flow on that was perfect, buddy. You're spot on. Thank you very much. Let's go. I I, I really appreciate that. I was uh. I have to give my my guests the best intro possible, so I'm glad I'm glad you approve. Of, I'm glad the sheriff approves of it. One hundred percent, sheriff approved, my man. That's awesome. But to start things off, like how how are you? How have things been? Like you have an off day today, so like how's everything with you? Uh, everything's great, buddy. Thanks for asking. Um, you know, obviously, I was honored to get asked by you to do this incredible show, so my days got better. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm I'm in a little bit of a gray area right now, and what I mean by that is I've been over the past few months, I've been kind of gaining momentum for me to take a major run at the major sports networks in Toronto um, for a broadcasting job. So the journey is is as we speak. And, and and it's always good to enjoy the journey right my friend oh yeah exactly well congrats on uh on getting into into that gig and like that that's just awesome to see uh how see how it's going like that you're gonna get you're gonna hopefully get that role coming up soon yeah i mean i'm 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 definitely putting myself out there right now which everybody has to do when they're trying to reach their dream right and yeah as you mentioned um i think in the intro or no before the intro you, you were talking about the grind and stuff like that and and you know like it's it's it, it, in my mind it's a beautiful thing because like you know like when you're trying to do something that you're really passionate about doing and, and 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 you have a set goal at the end of the line um i think that if it's a grind that just makes it that much more beautiful man because i I, I, as an adult, I realized that you really do have to enjoy the process, you know, like as a kid, I was kind of always looking to the end. And um, as an adult, I'm trying to enjoy the journey more and, and, uh, and just enjoy life in general, buddy. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. And like, just like the same thing, like I think happens to everyone, like, there's an end goal that you want to reach. And you're just you just think that it's going to go from point A to point B. 
just like that but like there's all these different roads that you could take no one has one same journey like always different like curves bumps in the road and like it like even especially going into like pro hockey and all all this like it just enjoying the journey and like you're not going to get to the nhl just like just like that like it's a process and you're just gonna have to go to the rink every day enjoy what you're doing and do the little things right if you want to get to that end goal like we were talking about Absolutely, buddy. And and hey, as you were talking, I I, I have to because I, I know that you're a video a, a, as well as the Audible um, podcast. Man, you have a really good backdrop, eh? Like, like your background is really cool, man. Do you mind? Yeah. Like, I know this is your show, but do you mind just talking about that a little bit, man? Because it's it's, yeah. it's really cool for the guests. So, yeah, absolutely. So, like, I I appreciate all the all the kind words and everything, but yeah, like. I have a little like sports like man cave, I guess you could say in my basement. I have a yep. bunch of like football, football stuff behind me. I have baseball to the left of me. I have hockey, pretty much three fourths of my basement, just like pennants, different flags. I have my some of my old goalie gear that I grew out of in on the inside. I have my drying my goalie drying rack over here to my right. So it's just I I love sports. I love everything about it so like i just created like this man cave of just flags pictures that just like represent like history within the sports industry yeah dude i mean i i had to comment because it's 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 pretty it's pretty darn cool man so i i had to comment man and and i'm sure like when the youtube episode comes out people will be able to see it for themselves yeah absolutely i i appreciate it and i i really like pride myself in the sports sports world and just having a man cave like it, you just come down here whenever you want and just enjoy like all the the sports pictures the sports like all the sports history that's down here right on buddy right on i love it yeah a- absolutely but uh i want to get into like your career a little bit here so you grew up in vancouver and and you you were born in vancouver but you grew up in scarborough right that's absolutely correct man you're really good at your research buddy i like that so oh, yeah yeah, so like me, me, my, I, I have two younger brothers and an older sister, and all, all four of us were were born in Vancouver. Um, my parents had moved out there in the late '70s when it was booming in Vancouver, Canada, and everyone was kind of moving out there on the west coast. And you know, they had job offers, went out there. We were all born out there. And when I was six years old, um, we moved back to Toronto, and and that's when really the hockey story started for me. Um, so, so yeah, I, I was, I was, I'm born in Vancouver, but raised in Scarborough and I like to call myself the, the, the Canadian kid from Scarborough. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. So like, what got you into the game of hockey? Like how old were you when you first started? Like what, like actually like started that growth of the love of the game? Um, definitely my mom got me involved, um, with hockey at Scarborough Malvern arena. Um, that was the first rink. And the um, same with my brothers and sisters. And I mean, pretty much when we moved back to Toronto, that was going to be our, our stopping grounds for, for, for the next little while. So I think, I think my mom just wanted to get us into sports and, and to get us to develop those skills um, at a young age of, of teamwork and perseverance. And, you know, all, all the other things that you, you learn that you go through, when you when you join teams sports teams and organizations and stuff you know like a lot of people think that you know it's just the physical part of it like oh yeah get your kids exercise get them into sports but really i mean that's just a small part of it man like especially for the kid right because he's he's developing friendships like he's learning how to adapt to 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 you know um uh different surroundings especially if he's going on overnight tournaments and you know staying with other families and you know you develop a lot of skills as a kid and I, and i and i think that was i think that was definitely uh part of my mom's plan when when she got us all involved in competitive sports and multiple sports at that um at very young ages yeah i th- i think that's like one of the biggest things like a lot of people do it play sports just for the exercise but it really does teach you everything from teamwork trying to like go face adversity and overcome it like perseverance like all that and like like any any sport you do has some lesson life lesson that you can learn that you can take into real life and like if you face a problem in like an office scene like 
you could have like do a lot of teamwork stuff to maybe solve that problem or just do something individually to overcome that obstacle. So like, there's a lot to, lot to learn from, from any sport. 100% man. And I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that we're talking about this stuff, buddy. Your show is just incredible, but thanks dude. I, I really appreciate it. But like, just like, it, it also like goes into like, I, I was listening to my, my buddy uh, Sarge's podcast session that you were on and you talked about like just opportunities and like learning from teamwork from like, cause you, you won uh three player or uh, man of the year awards in the American league, right? Yes, man. You're, you're, you're the research, the research you've done on your guests. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I was definitely lucky enough, man, to, to, to be recognized, um, for the AHL man of the year award. And so, so, so what that award is, is it, it recognizes the player that has the biggest impact in, in, in the community. So obviously the teams designate a person like to represent their team and then they do a league one. So I was, I was lucky enough to, to, to win it three times. And I mean, it's not really about winning that award. I, I mean, for me, um, it just recognized the opportunities that I was able to get. And because the amount of times that I, you know, did these, you know, public appearances for my team and, and, and worked in the community, I mean, like, like how you mentioned on, on Sarge's podcast, we talked about how, you know, the word volunteer for me turned into the word opportunity. And, and it was funny because every time I saw it, I just kept getting more opportunities, man. And I'm just like, well, look, you know, they can call it whatever they want. Maybe it's yeah. a secret little little word that only certain people know about. I I don't know, but but as a result, doing this volunteer um stuff for my teams and 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 being able to learn how to speak in front of crowds and how to be comfortable at that and how to how to see like multiple kids looking and being happy that you're there and kind of knowing how to give them all, you know, equal attention and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of like little things that, that you learn. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, is as an adult, you know, me wanting to be my, you know, like I want to be this big character on TV and, and, and I want to be an entertainer and I want to be a, a motivational speaker. And I want to be, I want to be this, I want to be that, right. I'm a dreamer. Yeah. Right. So I'm hoping that I get, to these to all these ventures but the point i'm trying to make is what's allowed me to get to these ventures was a lot of this volunteer work and the things that i learned doing it right and 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 it, and, it, and it really is incredible so 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 like one message that i always try to like you know hope that younger players catch on to like you know you're gonna have like a lot of players like junior aged you know, yeah. kind of getting into pro, you know, listening to your podcast and like, I, this is a message directly to them, man. And I'm pretty much telling them if you're a kid in the coast that gets called up to the American hockey league, you must sign up for the off ice stuff. You must do it, buddy. Because if you think you're going to stick around just being a normal player, you're not, it's only a matter of time until dude's ankle gets better or dude's yeah. shoulder is able to, you know, he's able to get back into the lineup and you're going back down to your team. So in the meantime, make the most of it Do the public appearances. For one, the general manager is going to be very, very happy that a player is going to the appearance because they've the front office has set it up and they put time and, and man hours into it. Okay. So just the technical things, but yeah. then, you got the moral part of it where the team's like, you know what? This is a player that that has a heart. This is a player that wants to represent our team off the ice. You know what? Maybe we can maybe we can have another player stick around. Maybe we don't need to send him down. You know, maybe he won't get in the lineup every night, but we can, you know what I mean? So so it only helps. So I suggest anybody that sees any type of sign-up sheet in the dressing room, do yourself a favor and sign up because you're only going to get benefits out of it positively. Yeah, and that, that, that's awesome. And, like, it just goes back to, like, some of the pro camps that I've been to so far in my career. Like, they, they're all, all the coaches, like, you could be the best player out there, but if you don't have character or anything like that or have a heart, like, we don't want you. And, like, just having that, having, having, it's just going to be able to help help you. Be, be, and you're going to uh, keep, keep you around for a little bit longer. 100%, buddy. You said that very, very well. 100%. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I, I like – 
Yeah, I like how you said opportunity as well. Opportunity as well with the with the volunteer stuff because like yeah. throughout like throughout like my childhood, like I'd always go to like fundraiser events for like the AHL team here. And, and like, I'd like love like seeing all the players and everything, just be there and interacting with everyone. And like, I was like, when I get to the pro level to the pro ranks, like that's one thing I want to do is just be a big part of the community. And just like, it's going to help you learn a lot of different experiences, opportunities, and it's going to help you grow as a person as well. 100%. So now where is this infamous AHL town that you're in? Uh, Chicago, Chicago Wolves. Right on, man. Wow. You're in Chi-Town, eh? That's oh, really yeah. cool, man. Man, I'll, I'll tell you one thing, man. I, that, 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 that area there, like, like that was some of the coolest times of my life when I had a chance to live in Chicago for a little bit. So that's good on you. And the coolest thing about, about that area is like all the different teams. Like, like I noticed like all these, like, you know, like like minor pro teams just popping yeah. up, like in between like Rockford and Chicago area, or or even in between like the suburbs and downtown for that. <laughs> you know, like like it's really cool. It's really a big hockey area, isn't it? Yeah, and it keeps keeps growing constantly. Like my like minor minor pro minor like youth hockey. Like you always see teams like I'm coaching now as well. Like in my in my off time. And it's like it, you. Wow. I see organizations that I never even knew existed when I was when yeah. I was playing when I was younger, and it's like wow, everyone, everything just keeps growing. Yeah, man. Yeah, everything's growing, buddy. Just like your show. Oh yeah, a absolutely. But I, I, I did hear that you, because I, I listened to Spin Chicklets episode too, and you were with the Wolves for a little bit there, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I had a great. A great experience with like now now this now this is the compliment of compliments okay, so now here's a player that didn't play one game for an organization, okay, and and the reason for it is just because like you know obviously it's an AHL team I wasn't under NHL contract I was yeah. on a PTO so you, so everybody knows how that works the NHL contract yeah. guys get priority to get into the lineup everybody knows that right so not only was it that. But I was also a veteran. So they they like to keep extra veterans just in case there's injuries and, you know, they got the most beef at anybody in the league, right? Yeah. So even though I did not play one game, I was there from September until about the beginning of December. Having a great time. I was in the shape of my life, practicing every day, doing extra drills because I wasn't in the lineup. But I just got a little bit tired of not playing because i'm a yeah. competitor and at the end of the day you just want to play exactly it's i was making good money because you know their owner has has some bucks behind his name yeah. <laughs> to say the least and um i was making good money i wasn't even paying for my apartment because i because of the technical like being on a pto and you know they you know there's all these little rules right but but all these little rules worked out in my favor for a guy that wasn't playing if i wanted to save a bunch of money that would be but to, to play hockey i had to get out of there man because it was just way too deep and um i love the chicago wolves i i, I love how they treat the players um it just didn't work out for me but that's fine yeah. you know saying and 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 that was actually the first time i went to that notorious quebec league was after the chicago wolves right so so yeah man it, it, it's interesting how our, our journeys um how they mean different things sometimes in different time, times of our lives and you know i thought i was so cool man making all that money but really i just i just really wanted to play deep down you know what i'm saying so it, it, that was pretty cool that that came up man i appreciate it yeah, that that that's a competitor in you, and like you, like yeah, you're doing that. You're like being a leader and like showing the young young guys what to do. But you also want to play, and 100%. like you're not you're you're not playing like when you're sitting sitting in the in the stands every game. Like you just want to go in there, compete, battle, and play play the game you love. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better than that, bro. Hundred percent. Yeah, but then you all you were also with uh the Wolves rivals, Rockford IceHogs for for a years. So, like, what was your time in Rockford like? Especially since yeah, you, mean, did, you did you did win that man of the year award there as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's right, man. Um, yeah, that was my third, my third AHL man of the year. I won two of them in Rochester and one and the one in Rockford, um, which was my final year in the AHL. Um, I had a really good time there. It was a really great experience. Um, Rockford, Illinois, is a town that is so blue collar that 
you know, the blue collars are even a darker shade of blue, man. <laughs> like it's, it's so cool, man, how hardworking and honest everybody is there. You know, they got their cowbells. They got a good history. There's a nice rivalry. I'm, I'm probably getting you all fired up because you're oh, a yeah. Chicago Wolf guy, right? But oh, yeah. there's a pretty, yeah. And, and like, and, but that's a beautiful thing though, right? Because because not every area has rivalries like that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's that's Rockford a big big rivalry. Oh yeah, man. And and trust me, when I played for Rockford and and the Wolves came into town, um, you know, I remember fighting Mike Hoffman. He was the guy at that time for Chicago. And, you know, I had played for Chicago a couple of years before it. I'm not going to lie, man. I was so mad that I wasn't the Chicago Wolves tough guy that I just wanted to kill Hoffman. Right. So the Wolves definitely has that, that impact on the players. Like, like I loved Rockford, but there was something about not being on the Wolves and playing against the Wolves that, that got me fired up. So I think that, I think that the Wolves probably, have a higher status in some of the pl players minds just like the historically and stuff like that you know rockford did come from the united league right so yeah so i think the wolves are yeah man they they definitely left their mark on me bro <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm definitely proud to have been there and, and i and and i think another thing what it was is i wanted to fight hoffman so bad is because i was just like man i never got into a game so at least yeah. i'm gonna have a good fight like you know what i'm saying something like that probably right so yeah yeah, man. Good times though, man. Good times. Um, you know, like, it's funny. Like I, when I mentioned certain tough guys names, you know, at those times in my life, it seemed like, you know, they were novelties. Like they were, they were like, um, you know, like, like the enemy and stuff. And then so many of them are, are my really good buddies now. And then, and then now that I have like the show and stuff and I'm, you know, interviewing them and like, it's, it's all different dynamics. Right. But it's, but it's funny how it works, man. It's funny how it works. Like, you know, some, some of the guys that I thought I'd never be friends with, I'm like really good buddies with. So it's interesting how hockey can do that, man. It opens up a lot of doors for you. Yeah. Especially, especially as like tough guys, like you go, go beat someone up like the toughest guy on the other team and you guys could go grab a beer or something after the yeah. games like like nothing happened like everything like you have a job to do on the ice and off the ice you're you're the best buddies in the world yeah and and, and you know what like that will always be explained you know first and foremost you know when people are kind of explaining stuff about about the old school hockey to someone that's not very familiar with hockey in general yeah. and like you know they'll point that out they'll be like you know it's rough on the ice but when they get off you know they're they're friendlier and you know what i yeah. mean like it, it's funny because you don't have to explain that for for you know physical um sports like football and stuff right yeah. so hockey is very unique man it's very unique and it, it's it's it, it's cool like me and you we're connected through it you know like it, it's yeah. amazing what it does yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. It's uh, the circle, the inner circle is so small, like in the hockey world or uh, like any sports world, honestly, like you just meet guys and you you just connect because of the sport. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. 100%. Yeah. But, yeah. But before you were in, before you were in Rockford in Chicago, you were, you spent four, your first four years of, of pro hockey with the Rochester Americans and the Buffalo Sabres organization. It's like, where you also got a game with the Sabres in that first year. So like what let, let's talk about Rochester a little bit here. So you spent four years yeah. there. It's so like what was what was it like growing going throughout like the Sabres organization, especially since that was a team that drafted you? Yeah. So so Buffalo and Rochester, you know, for those that don't know, are very, very, very closely connected. Not only not only literally, but like with the organizations, because they're only an hour and 20 minutes from each other down a throughway, yeah. right? Do down the New York State throughway. So they're very close in proximity. And then because of that, and like, you know, teams, other teams can attest to that. Like Toronto has their, has their Marlies, you know, I'm not, what's, who are the Wolves associated with now? Carolina, the Hurricanes. Carolina now? Yeah. Okay, right. So like, you know, but there's, there's a few different teams like, 
you know that that are in the same city as their as their NHL teams and like you know Rochester and Buffalo almost seem like they have that effect because I mean when you're in Toronto I mean you you could drive an hour across the city with the traffic and all that kind of stuff yeah. you know what I'm saying and you're still in Toronto you know what I'm saying so Buffalo and Rochester are very close and they work very closely together because Buffalo is a smaller market team um, especially you know like like I mean recently they've kind of gotten new ownership and stuff but traditionally Buffalo has been a very small market team and they've had to rely on their farm system to be and to be successful at all right and yeah. so as a benefit to a guy like me that was like you know pretty much an ahl guy is being a part of an organization like buffalo even their top prospects they would have play in the ahl for a couple seasons so you know guys like derrick roy you know jason pominville ryan miller you know one of the best american goalies of all time you know my roommate on the road you know i got to i got to play with these guys thomas vanick i got to play with these guys you know for multiple seasons and become really good friends with them and you know you know families getting to know each other and and stuff like that so like I mean, my time in Rochester, getting to spend the four years there, um, being drafted with other players to Buffalo and then sent there, um, you know, that started when we were 18 years old because they would have us go to conditioning camps in the summer. And like you think, OK, well, it's just a conditioning camp, but they would actually make it like three, four weeks long. So wow. I really got to know like like Miller and Pominville and Vanek and, you know, and Chris Thorburn and, you know, guys like that, like Nathan Page, you know, like like I really got to know these guys really well, even before we started playing in Rochester. And then we started playing 80 game seasons in Rochester together, you know, going to Buffalo camps, playing playing NHL preseason together, you know, getting those experiences getting to see each other play in the NHL for the first time, you know, and then, and then playing a whole season together in Rochester, you know, like, like hearing me say it like that, it seems like a lot. Right. But that would just be one season. Right. Yeah. And I'd spent multiple seasons with some of these guys. So, I mean, it was an, it was a great time. Um, I did really well in Rochester, especially my first year. And that's why I was rewarded with that game. Like, 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 I mean, pretty much how it works is, like the NHL teams will have their eyes on a handful of the AHL guys. Some of them might not even get called up, but the, the NHL guy, the NHL team would be like, okay, so this is our handful that we're really counting on for like the next year, maybe to make the yeah. team. Right. And so, so like I, I was in that handful, but then with Rob Ray getting traded to Ottawa, it opened up a spot. And then the game being in Toronto, I think it was, I think it was a gift. It was a reward that they gave me. I was leading the league. I was leading the AHL in fights. I was a 20 year old rookie. And I think they just they just recognized and appreciated the passion and we're and and we're like, heck, if this guy keeps this up, he's gonna do great for us. So let's reward him. Let's give him a game. There's a game in Toronto. He's from Toronto. Let, let's do that for him. And 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 I'm and I'm and and I'm thankful. Like, you know, like I think I earned it, but I but I also think that, you know, they could have had me play any of those last 20 games of the season. And, you know, I got to play that one and I and I and it was hockey night in Canada and it was it was a Saturday night and it was it was special to me because um i used to watch you know the nhl games on saturday nights um in canada um with my grandfather um the house that i'm actually in right now and um so you know it, it meant a lot to me man and um you know being a part of the buffalo organization and being from toronto um you know they were they were a divisional team growing up and and so so it, it was definitely recognizable and you know i um i I'm, I'm very thankful that i was able to to have those opportunities and experiences for sure yeah, that, that that's unreal, especially like growing up with your grandfather and everything, watching watching Saturday night games in Canada, and you're you're playing hockey night in Canada in Tor in Toronto in your hometown. So like, did you have a, did you have a lot of people go uh, go watch that game? Yeah, I, I um I I ended up like when you're when you're a visiting player playing in Toronto. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs make the visiting team. You're only allowed to to put aside like certain tickets. So, so at the time they, they were $150 tickets. Yeah. So they were probably like, you know, in a, in a pretty good section or whatever, but 
Um, but that's the only ones that you could get. Like you couldn't just get a bunch of cheap tickets, like way up in the, in the nosebleeds, you had to get yeah. these certain tickets. Right. So I think like, I think like about 20 people may have came, um, you know, that were part of the group anyway. And, uh, so yeah, it was a big number for that, but, but, but it was, but you know, it, it was definitely worth it. I think, I think my mom ended up paying for most of it anyway. And, um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was, I, I don't think anyone really cared about, about the money. They were just, they were just happy to see me there and, and, and I was just happy to be there. Yeah. It's so. just a dream, dream come true. And anyone that's close to you is going to come to, come to your first NHL game and make that like dream, like it lasts even longer. Cause I'm sure like everyone still remembers that day. Like you remember probably every, every shift you took, every stride you yeah. took on the ice. So how did that game end up going? Like how was, so, how was so your we, first touch? Everything. Yeah. So, um, obviously me being a fourth liner, you know, I knew I wasn't going to be getting 20 minutes of ice time. Right. Yeah. So I think I, I think I officially had about three minutes and change of ice time. I think it was three shifts, three shifts in the first two shifts in the second. And then I think I got one in the third, like it was something like that. And I mean, it could have been different, but I think it was just a one goal game. Like they beat us three, two, it was a tight game. You know, the yeah. fourth line's definitely not going to get out there a lot, right? If it was a 5-1 game, you know what I mean? My line probably would have got out there to either try to stir stuff up to come back into the game or to just make sure that nothing happened. And you know what I mean? It, it depends. Yeah. It, it would depend on what side of the 5-1 we were on, right? Um, so, but it was a tight game. And, you know, every third, fourth liner knows, fifth, sixth defenseman knows that you're definitely not going to get a lot of ice time in those situations. Um, so, so, yeah, so... I, I made a couple body checks. I did get to touch the puck. Um, I remember I I uh, I think I took a, 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 a like a, a like a breakout pass and 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 fed it to my center, something like that. And then we dumped we it go. in or something. And uh, but I think I only made the one body check though. It, it was it was it was an angling because I remember joking around with my assistant coach after when he was telling me good angle on the on the four check good angle because we would practice angles with him in the AHL. So like, it was, it was cool, man. It was cool. Like it was, you know, like it wasn't just like, it wasn't like I was like a goon just, just sat yeah. there in the bench the whole game. Like I did get the play, you know, made a couple hits, you know, made a couple passes, had a great warm up. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> Sniped, Love it. Love every it. warm up shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But um, but yeah, no, it was a great experience, man. Uh, I'll never forget it. And and uh, and uh, I appreciate you asking me. Yeah, made made a few uh impact impact impactful plays. So like breakout pass and buy, yeah. a, a hit. Like that's that's all you can that's all you can ask for in your first uh, first NHL game. That's right, man. That's right, bro. Yeah, yeah, so you're you're drafted to the Sabres in 2000 in the eighth round. It's like, what what was your draft story like? So so like I was I was actually I had an agent that was that was pretty uh, a pretty highly touted agent at the time. He ended up being like a general manager and stuff. His name's Mike Gillis. I don't know if you know which guy I'm talking about, but he ended up being the GM for the Vancouver Canucks about. I don't know, five, 10 years ago or something. I'm not yeah. sure what he's doing now, but he's a big hockey guy out of Kingston, Ontario. Um, and, uh, you know, he had a rule that you had to be rated in the first three rounds of the draft to actually go physically, right? Because, yeah. you know, he would have situations before he made this rule of players that, you know, let's say it's like an like an eight round draft and they're rated in the seventh, eighth round. And, you know, they just, they, you know, they don't get drafted. They just miss out and, you know, it, it ruins them. It ruins, it ruins their, their, their confidence. It ruins their mind and they're never the same. So, so then he ended up making this rule and I, I, I respected the rule. I was rated in the seventh round out of a nine round draft. So there was a huge chance that I wouldn't get chosen. Um, So, you know, he said, you know, you're not, you're not going and, you know, just stay home and, and have a barbecue and, and, and wait by the phone. Right. And, and so that's what I did. And, and, you know, so, so we, we had a barbecue and, you know, this is back in 2000, right. So, um, 
I don't even I don't even really remember like what the internet was like. It was because I remember there was the radio and but 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 the radio must have stopped because the the rounds were like two or three rounds behind real time. Yeah. So when it got to like when it got to like the sixth or seventh round, I remember thinking like 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 on the computer, like on the internet, I guess. Yeah. Um like the dial up. See, you're a young guy, man. You're 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 a young guy, so you're probably like dial up. What does that mean? But yeah, it is. our our technology has gotten really good since the year I was drafted, right? But anyway, yeah. so make a long story short, man. The family was together. It was a really nice time. I did get the phone call. Um, you know, the first, it was two calls. So I remember, like, my agent called, told me that I was selected. And that, you know, Darcy Regeer was going to call me. And then I ended up getting a, another call. And it was Don Luce, who was pretty much like the assistant GM. And uh, he pretty much said, you know, congratulations, Sean. We selected you in the eighth round. And uh, we're going to send you uh, paperwork, an invitation to training camp. We're going to have a conditioning camp before that for the young guys. You know, uh, welcome aboard. And so, you know, I just said thank you. I appreciate the opportunity and blah, blah, blah. You know, probably stuttered the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and yeah and then everyone started cheering right and and um so like that was kind of like <laughs> it's funny because because that was like how the covid drafts were this year like in basketball yeah. and all that kind of stuff i remember watching like the basketball draft this year and they're all at home and because because of covid right but but yeah that's how it kind of was for guys that weren't rated enough rated high enough to go in person it was like a covid draft um but but it was fun and and uh and yeah like it's like i look at it as a family accomplishment anyway the nhl yeah. draft you know you're you're only 18 at the time right and you know, from until you're 18 years old, I mean, your family's been through every decision and, and, and impacted, you know, path from through and through to that point. So I always look at like the, I always like when I have a, a guest, I always ask them, like, do you feel that it's kind of like a family accomplishment, you know, because they're so young, they're just a teenager getting drafted to the NHL, like, you know, so I, 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 I'll always remember and, um, and, and, and I love it when I'm asked. So thank you. Yeah, no, no problem. That's an awesome story, especially like since like you're with your, you're like having a barbecue, you're with your entire family and everything. So like, you're just, you're able to just experience everything with your family. And like, they, they're the ones who go through the trenches and everything with you, like throughout, like from youth hockey all the way up to that point. So, so very, very important and very, uh, proud accomplishment to be uh to be a part of i would imagine yes man yep you're absolutely right man yeah so then then you find yourself going through the nhl through the ahl you find yourself going overseas uh, after that year in rockford to uh, the belfast giants and the elite ice hockey league so like what what made that decision to go overseas yeah so i i was lucky because my general manager in rockford um, a gentleman by the name of Mark Bernard. Um, uh, I know, he, I know Bernie. So you know Bernie? Okay, cool, man. Because yeah, because yeah, you're a tender too, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. You guys are all. You guys are all secretly <laughs> connected at this we're, world. We're all. We're all connected. Yeah, you tenders, man. You guys are. You guys are special. Um, but but yeah. So 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 Bernie. So Bernie's my GM, right? You know Bernie, how how hyper and 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 just how how much a little fireball the guy is, right? So so he's my GM. You know, he's telling me about this league, like the whole second half of the year saying, you know what, like, you'd probably do really well in England. And he's telling me about all this stuff. Right. And then so, you know, I'm doing my thing off the ice and, and you know, and then they obviously they nominated me, you know, for the for the man of the year thing. And, you know, Bernie's the boss of the front office. So he's really happy with me. Right. Because I've been doing all these projects yeah. for him all season long. Mark Bernard towards the end of the season he he got into contact with mr todd kelman who was the general manager of the belfast giants and so he was telling me like i remember i remember not i remember like i heard a lot about the belfast giants because of theo flurry playing there back in like the like in in the in the in the early 2000s and um this was 2010 that i was in rockford 
And, you know, he's like, yeah, Belfast Giants, yeah, Belfast Giants. And then, you know, we ended up getting knocked out of the playoffs. And now we're having our year-end meetings. And, you know, again, this is the guy that's really happy with me because I've done all the off-ice stuff for him. So he's treating me with a lot of respect. And then, and then one day, like one of the last days that we were there, he just kind of called me in and he was like, he was like, look, Belfast is really interested in you. Um, you know, I know how the league works. So do you want me to help you like bridge, bridge the deal? And I was like, yeah, Bernie, that would be great. So he actually acted as my agent for the deal. And he negotiated like the like the like the British pounds per week. He negotiated a fight bonus for me. <laughs> I remember, yeah, like it was it was really cool. Like I remember I had a 50 pound fight bonus. Like it doesn't seem wow. like a lot, but I mean, you know, you get into a couple tilts, you know, and you have a hundred pounds after the game. It's it just, not that bad. Just keeps right? keeps going up, just keeps exactly. keeps building. Exactly. So so like um yeah, so Mark Bernard, you know, he he um, negotiated all that for me. And, you know, because I was an AHL player, um, you know, I got to have, like, my own car. And, you know, I got to got to bring my girlfriend over, and they paid for her tickets. I got to have a two-bedroom flat instead of a one-bedroom yeah. flat. You know what I mean? Like, I was treated really, really well. And, um, and I mean, that's just – the the contract and stuff what i really loved about it was the people the land you know i'm a big cultural and historical buff i believe i i think i'm so into it right and so to go to a place like belfast is like very interesting for someone like me right and you know like i may not look it but i mean half my family is of irish descent Right. So yeah. it, it's so I have the ancestry and, you know, I ended up getting an ancestry visa to make it easier for the team. Um, but it also benefited me. And I qualified for that because my grandfather was born over there. And um, yeah, like, I mean, the, the Belfast Giants, I mean, they use the, the British government uses them as a tool to bring the communities together. And and like I'm not I'm not really sure how how much your viewers know about the history of Northern Ireland, but I mean this is a place that in 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 several parts of the country um, it is still at war. Um, this is Northern Ireland, and it's a very unique war um, that is about land and it's about history, and you know it's it's Protestant and Catholic conflicts that they call the Troubles. Ooh. The height of the troubles was in the 70s and 60s, but it still exists today where there's things that happen and it's still classified as an ongoing war. So now, if you have a region that has this problem with people that look exactly the same, <laughs> but they just follow a different sect of Christianity, you know, how can you resolve something like this? Well, what if we took this new sport of ice hockey and we made everything neutral down to the color of the green. We named the team after a land historical landmark called the Giants Causeway that has nothing to do with religion, nothing to do with soccer teams, nothing to do with division. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you enter the Odyssey Arena in Belfast, you can't wear anything other than a Belfast Giants jersey or civilian clothes. You can't come with any soccer jerseys or anything that can cause a division. Um, there's no national anthem in the arena in Belfast um, just to reduce the tension. And you can be from the other side of town. You could have been brought up to learn that you're not supposed to like the opposite side of town. And you can come to a Belfast Giants game and sit right beside that same person from the opposite side of town yeah. and celebrate your team together and do something positive with each other. So that is really the only way to bring the communities together. And the British government does that. So the Belfast Giants were, when I was doing this negotiation with Mark Bernard, you know, the Belfast Giants were looking for a looking for a, a community guy that would be the face of the team. Um, they wanted it to be a tough guy. They call it hard man. That's where I got this part <laughs> of my t-shirt from. So not a hard man, not a tough guy, not an enforcer with the sheriff. Right. But in the UK, they call the tough guys hard men. So that's where that comes from. So they wanted a hard man 
to 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 be the face of the team, to yeah. do all these appearances of bringing Catholics and Protestants together. And I had just won my third AHL Man of the Year award, right? And I was known as one of the top AHL heavyweights. So it was just kind of destiny for Todd Kalman, who is this guy with this Irish name that wins all these community awards that wants to do all these appearances. We really need someone like that. And then here I am playing all these years in the American Hockey League, not getting an opportunity in the NHL, now ready to see something different. And that is usually the situation for most pro hockey players. Yeah. They're at the end of their 20s. They're about 30 years old. I was 28 at the time. They've done their six, seven seasons. Maybe they're in their third contract of being in this AHL, NHL little bubble. They're not getting their shot, but they're playing these three and threes every weekend in the AHL, right? And now they're getting all these offers from Europe. Well, I wasn't getting all these offers. I was getting one, but 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 a player is going to get all these offers from Europe because if you're a top player in the AHL, that's a really good standing to be in in the world when on the world stage like you're pretty much in the second best league in the world and if you're a good player that means that you could be playing in the nhl which means yeah. that you know you're at the top level right so um that's when you guys usually take that leap when they're ready to see something different and and, and they think that they've reached their peak as far as north america and and that's what i have thought and i'm so glad that i went man it was definitely the best career the best season in my career playing for the belfast giants yeah, it seems, it seems like you had a great time over there and you're able to help bridge that gap of just bringing the community together and not like, 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 or like I'm out just bring like you could be one at one end of the, the country and then the other end, the end of town, like you're just sitting next to each other and like you're just enjoying, enjoying a, a good old hockey game yeah. and enjoying a Belfast Giants game. Yeah, and then and then and then what happens is you know, like, okay, so so now, now let's let's make it more technical, man. As someone from a Catholic neighborhood that that is a dissident, which means someone that you know kind of causes problems yeah. against the other side of town, or vice versa. So now you're at the arena, you're sitting beside someone that you normally wouldn't be sitting beside outside the arena, and you think to yourself, I guess they're not that bad. I'm having a pretty I guess, good I guess time they're as good as I am. Giants game with them. Well, why can't I do that in other parts of my life, right? Yeah. So it, it really is something special, man. And and I don't think a lot of people realize how important the Belfast Giants are um, to politics in Northern Ireland. And um, you know, and I was just I I feel blessed that I was that I was part of that of that um, of that journey of the, of that process of of the end game of bringing everybody together. Yeah, it's it's more than more than a game when you when you look at it and it's just like you're playing the game, but at the end of the day, it's more than that. And like you're just bringing the community together and bringing everyone, everyone together into cheering for for a team that has different has has like two complete opposite sides of town. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely, it's a good way to put it. Yeah, and then you go the following year. You go into you go into Dundee with the Dundee Stars in the Elite Ice Hockey League. So like, what was what was that season like? And then, like, you also spent time in the in the Quebec League over in the L N A H as well. Yes. So yeah. So like my career, I I I I finished up like the the second season in Dundee was it was a great experience. I didn't play a lot of games because I was there for about half the season, um, but it was an incredible incredible experience. Um, I was actually able to go over there with my fiance at the time. Right. So I was engaged and, you know, I, 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 I negotiated my own contract. Mark Bernard living, did living the good life. Yeah. Mark Bernard did Belfast, but I did Dundee. Right. So I negotiated that contract. It was a little bit more money, um, which it's not always about that, but it can make you very comfortable if you can set up the right, the right deal. Right. Yeah. So it, it, it was, and you feel respected as well. So it was a very respectful contract. The Ward brothers were very good with that. Um, the place that I lived at was phenomenal. The car was incredible. The guys on the team were so cool. You know, we had, we had about eight Scotsmen on our team because you had to have a certain amount of British guys on the team, yeah. right? So if you're an expansion team from Scotland, you're pretty much going to have, they're all going to be Scottish guys. You're not going to be, 
like like in the league long enough that you could have recruited all guys from all over the UK. So yeah. just to learn that culture, and, and, and I just want to point out one thing before I move on from Scotland. So I had a conversation with these Scottish guys about the kilts, okay? So, so you know, you know, like like most of your audience is 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 American and Canadian, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so I'm talking with your audience right now. So guys, I'm talking to my teammates that are Scottish people, Scottish men, about these kilts. And I'm saying to them, like, okay, I understand it's part of your culture, but let's just let's just figure this little topic out right here. What looks better? A man in a really nice suit, like a Gucci suit, or uh, someone that's that's in a kilt and in that traditional dress like which one looks better okay they honestly believe that they look better they honestly like i like i'm like okay so you so it, just forget about where we're from like let's say i'm from australia and you're from friggin cuba like this has nothing to do with being canadian or scottish we're given two sets of clothing one is a $5,000 suit of your favorite color with an incredible tie and dress shirt. The other one is a traditional kilt. Um, yeah. However, an ensemble. <laughs> You're really telling me that you think the kilt is going to look better on you than the $5,000 Gucci suit? And they're like, yeah, man, we, we think it looks better. So, I mean, I, I just wanted to share that. They really do think it looks better, guys. I'll, I'll never be able to figure that out. But other than that, I think that they're like, the, the one of the coolest cultures <laughs> that I've been around. Yeah, yeah, that, really that's cool awesome. People. Yeah, that's awesome <laughs> that you're able to experience everything like that and like, like just experiencing different cultures. Like you, 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 you're like comfortable with one with like the culture that you're in, and then you go somewhere else and it's completely different. And you just get to experience like what they do on a daily basis. Like what, oh, yeah. like it's a great experience. Like you learn so much from just being over in a different, different area. And like you come back and you're, a, you're, a, I wouldn't say a different person, but like you gain like different perspectives from different, different places, different, different countries, different people. Oh yeah. And like, just like, like a little example is like, like, you know how like we'll see commercials or like we'll be at the grocery store and like, let's say we're getting, we're, we're getting beef or we're buying like steaks or something. Right. And then, yeah. and then, you, and then you see pictures of like Highland cows and stuff like that. The those big cows from the UK that they get the beef from, man, I drove by those big suckers every morning, man. I would drive by, I would honk the horn, man. And see them lift their heads. Those big, they look like Buffalo, man. They're, they're like big and huge oh. cows, man. In wow. Scotland. Yeah, man, I think I think I'm having brain freezes, but like it, it's a well-known beef. It's like yeah. some of the better beef. I, I don't. It's not called Highland. It's called it's 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 a brisket. But like it'll come to us. But it's those big cows, man. I drove by them every morning. It was really cool on the way to practice, on the way to the rink. Wow. Like it was just like a. You know, they're just like a property that I had to pass. It was like a little farming, little little cow farm that I had to pass on the way to the rink, right? In Dundee, Dundee's like a, I think Dundee's like the fourth biggest city in Scotland, like after Glasgow and Edinburgh and and you know and and uh, and Fife and all these places. But but yeah, man. And then and then so from Scotland, my last few years, you know, like I played in Quebec. Um, I had a really good setup in Quebec with the team that I played for. Um, and the organization was just hands down, really good to me, treated me very well. Um, probably got to play a couple extra seasons just based on how good of a relationship I had with the team. I probably wasn't even as, as productive as I was the years before, but just, you know what I mean? I was, yeah. I was good enough to, to like, like, like for it to be a positive outcome. And, um, and yeah, man, it, it was, it was my, my last couple of years. I was lucky, man. Like it went, it went pretty smooth. No, no major injuries. Um, tried to make a couple little mini comebacks and stuff, but um, for, for the most part, I, I was pretty lucky with the injuries as well. Yeah. And like throughout your time in the Quebec league, you also have, have a world record of getting in six, 86 fighting majors throughout that year. Yeah. It's like, what, like how, like you would go into battle every day. So like, what would you do to like keep yourself in TikTok shape to be able to do that and get that record? See, see, this is the thing, man. Every single time I think about that, 
something different will pop up as a reason of how it happened or what helped it or you know what i mean like different different ways to answer the questions and and, yeah. and like it's such a good question because you have to ask it like i'm a host too bro you've done such a good job today but <laughs> like one you. of the we oh no no problem man but but one of one of the ways that you're really good at it is like a lot of hosts there'll be like obvious questions that need to be asked and they'll they'll kind of all ask them like right away where you spread it out man you spread it out all over the episode like the ones that need to be asked i appreciate that but so yeah so the 86 points man i mean the, the funny thing is, is, is I'm going to answer it a different time this time around, too, which is cool because it's original. Um, it was like I was part of a fraternity. The fraternity was the hockey team, but there was executive members. The executive members were the other five fighters on the team because this was at a time. Now, the year that I broke that, that I that I got that record was the 2007 2008 season okay so now that is a time in the in the quebec league where there was five fighters on each team now there's like one or two yeah. but at that time there was like five or six and if you were the laval chiefs you'd have seven or eight but so at that time i was rated the number one fighter on my team i had four other guys that would fight every game and it was just part of the package of the game the league calls it Le Show. So Le Show could happen in the beginning of the game, like the first face-off, where you could get like three, four, five fights in a row. It's a line, bro. Le show, yeah. Le Show could happen after the first goal of the game. So like, let's say it, it'll, it'll just be a normal game. Like, like trust me, even from even if you watch that Laval Chiefs documentary, like even those times where it's like you see all those brawls, every game, one team's trying to score more goals than the other. It's a normal hockey game through and through. There's multiple lines of skilled players. Usually the goalies are really good because it's in Quebec, and you know how there's all those good Quebec yeah. French goalies, right? Oh, so yeah. like usually the goalies are sick because they're like guys that could have played pro, but you know what I mean? Like, but they're really good in junior. Like, you know what I mean? And then you'll have a couple lines of really skilled players. And I'm talking about in 08, right? And then you would have, because it was 12 and 6. So so every guy on the fourth line would be a heavyweight fighter, okay? Every guy on the, on the fourth line. So center, left, right wing. Then there would be like one guy on the third line that would also be a heavyweight fighter. And then you would have like one or two of the D-men. So you would have about five. So for us, it was like that. And yeah. we we were like a brotherhood. We we backed each other up. We knew that we had to do our Le Show at some point of the game. And, and, and we, we were just united and we were all really good friends. So that's why I, I call it kind of like a fraternity. I was very lucky, didn't get injured. Um, my team made it all the way to the finals of game six. So we played 20 playoff games, which helped me because they count the playoffs for that, for that year. Yeah. So I was at, I was at 64 or something at the end of the season. And then I got to 86 by those 20 playoff games. So if I wasn't on a team that was as good as that, then obviously I wouldn't have been able to play as many games, wouldn't have been able to get the record. So it was, it was an honor being on that team. The team was called the, the top design, the Saint Hyacinthe, the Saint Hyacinthe top design. Um, I think it was just like a, like a sponsor company name, the top design or something, but um, it was a really, really good organization. And um, it was, it was very, very good memories, man. Yeah, that, that, that's a thank. Thank you for sharing all sharing that story like that. Like, just like it, it's awesome to just hear about like all the stories and everything, and then just how like you guys were all just like fraternity brothers and just close close with everyone. Like, there's five like tough guy, five six heavyweights on the on the team, oh, yeah. and you're just and, and like, it's, legit, it's, it's like legit yeah. legit heavyweight hockey fighters. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a normal normal hockey game, but at any point of the game, at any point, the, the show, show will go, on, we'll go show, on. They call it, yeah, that's literally what they call it, man. Le show, and it's still yeah. like that. It's just reduced like dramatically. 
dramatically, I should say. <laughs> that, that's that's crazy. But I have a yeah. few more questions before we wrap yeah. things up here. So, of course. Uh, like everyone's probably on every everyone's probably wondering why or how do you get your nickname, the sheriff? Yeah, well, I mean, we're talking about Quebec, so so it def- it's definitely fitting to bring it up now. Um, so that same year, the same year that the record was 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 being um was being um attempted um you know obviously my owners were happy with me um i had a really good year like obviously i was doing my job that's what i was getting paid for um i was getting paid a lot of money at the time it was about a thousand dollars a game um and there was two games a week there was signing bonuses yeah you know like it was it was pretty good man and it was all cash right so that's what i was getting paid for I was putting up some points too because I was getting regular shifts because I, I yeah. just came from the Chicago Wolves, right? So I come from Chicago halfway through the 06-07. Now we're talking about the 07-08. So this is just the next season after me being for Chicago for those few months, right? Yeah. And so so I'm coming off like being on an AHL team, especially like a guy that gets bag skated all the time because I wasn't playing. So like my skill level was really high because I'm like practicing with all these AHL guys every day, you know, inter squad games, you know, and then I'm coming to a league. Yeah, I'm coming to a league where, you know, there's only one team practice a week. It was Tuesday night. That was the day, night that we got paid. Um you know what I'm saying? So it, it was quite a big difference. And, um, you know, the, tr- the transition was cool. And, and yeah, man, like I said, like, I, I, I'm just lucky to have been a part of it. Yeah, that's a, that's a crazy, ba- that's an awesome background story. And like, just like how people get their nicknames, like you, you could go okay, from so like, I'm, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> the whole point of me bringing that up was about the, the sheriff nickname. So my, my owner, I'm sorry about that brother. So my owner, um, he owned a, a, a bar that we go to after the game oh. called the zipper. So I'm in the zipper and the owner calls me over and he, and it's this thick French accent. Um, and he's like, from now on, we call you le sheriff because I, I think I'd done really well in my fight that night and I think I scored yeah. a goal or something. And, you know, so I was like kind of the man for that night. Just just and buzzing so, out there. Yeah. So, so I, um, so, so yeah, he said from now I'm going to call you the, the sheriff. And, and that was in, you know, 2007, 2008. And it's it stuck ever since then, man. It's stuck ever since then. Belfast really embraced it with some merchandise. But other than that, everyone pretty much always calls me that. So I've, I've kind of, I've been very proud to be able to keep it. Yeah, what 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 a nickname to to have stick around and like the the sheriff like that that's a yeah. that's a sick nickname. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, so then you go on to create the sheriff podcast, and you're you're the host of it. Obviously, it's like how how much fun do you have uh, having your own show, being the host of the sheriff podcast, and just getting like your your guests that you do and like your friends that uh, you played with, you played against, yeah. and just get them on your show. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's definitely been a blessing. Um, I got lucky was a uh, was a guest on a show called Enforcers Corner, um, by a gentleman named Kyle Warner, um, a, a fellow American. Um, he's from the Philly area, and you know, so I was telling him during the show that I've always had an interest in in the media side, and you know, I wouldn't mind starting my own podcast. This, that, the other. And so, you know, a couple days after we did our show together, he called me and said, hey, man, you know, I was thinking about what you were saying about wanting to start a show. He's like, hey, you know, like I'm I have my own show right now. So I'm already in with Spotify and all that. And, you know, if you wanted to join forces, you know, you're the pro hockey player. I'm the tech guy. We could join forces. We'll call it the Sheriff Podcast, and 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 we'll do it. And and so so we did. So it was me and Kyle Warner probably for the first like six to eight months. It's been about a year and a half now um, that I've been doing the show. And uh, and so the first six, six, seven, eight months, I had a co-host and, but he had a young child and just, and just couldn't keep up with like, cause at first we were just doing like once a week and then, and then yeah. we started like crazy. We started doing like three a week. Cause it was all zoom, right? Like I'm doing the live yeah. shows now, but it was all zoom and, and yeah, he just, it was too much. You know what I'm saying? So, so we're still buddies. 
Um, but but we just don't do the show together. I do I do it on my own, um, and um, I have a great time. I get to interview my heroes. I think because of the role that I played when I played pro, I get a lot of yeses because like I was an honest player and I fought and stuff. Yeah. And I think a lot of the players appreciate that. And they're just kind of like, yeah, I'll do the, I'll do that tough guy show. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, so I get a little bit of respect for that. Um, and I've learned a lot, man. And to be honest, I applied for a broadcasting job back in 2016 when I had first retired and um, I've retired a couple of times since then, but um, I thought I was ready then. And, and I had no idea. Right. And, and the stuff that I've learned over the past two years, let's say um, a lot by doing the show um, is priceless. It's all hands on experience. You, you know yeah. this, too, by doing your show, just the experience part of it, man. It's 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 priceless. You can't teach it in school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no, no way to mimic it in a classroom. It's just not possible, right? It's got to be hands-on experience. And you know, with all the episodes you've done, you know, I've, I'm up to like I think I'm up to 157 now or something. You know, that's just hands-on experience, man. We, we can never buy that anywhere, right? So yeah. so um, it's been a really fun ride. Um, for me, I'm I'm I I like to think of it as a running resume. Because I'm, I'm sure you're the same. Like I'm, I'm trying to get a career out of this. Yeah. Um. So, you know, this is this is all my um. This is all my footage. That this is all my content. This is was this is what people can look at if they if they think I'm the right man for the job. Well, check me out, man. I got 157 episodes on YouTube. <laughs> right. So. so Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, yeah, we're we're all in this like for for passion and stuff. We're all passionate about this, and that's why we do it. I'm sure it's the same with you. Yep. Absolutely. And like, like you're saying, like with the hand on hands on experience, like you can't, you can't get this anywhere else. Like you can't, you can't just go randomly, like go somewhere and just learn this. Like you actually have to from firsthand experience and just getting the repetitions in the every like episodes, like you're going to start off. It's going to start off being like iffy. And then like, as you keep going on, like you're just going to keep get better, keep getting better and better. Oh yeah, hundred percent, buddy. The reps, the reps are important, eh? <laughs> oh yeah, a absolutely. But uh, Sean, this has been a ton of fun. Like, I really appreciate you coming on, and I want to wish you the best of luck with your podcast and with your work. And I can't wait to continue to watch your watch your episodes and see what you do. Yeah, dude. No, I I appreciate that. And like, I just wanted to give a like a shout out to your listeners and your audience, guys. You you guys have a really really awesome show host right here, man. I had a really great time tonight. Um, I can't remember the last time I had this much fun, brother. So I mean, you're doing such a great job. Keep up the good work, and I hope I get the invite again someday, man. Yeah, I I appreciate, it. and of course of course you are you will always have the open invite whenever you want. The sheriff will will be back on the podcast sometime in the near future. Awesome, buddy. Peace out, everybody. Hope everyone has a great night.